Welcome back, everybody. This is a podcast in a car uh, coming home from the bustling city of Salisbury, North Carolina. I get to go to the back roads. Um, I get to pass Lazy Farm, which is a, a llama farm, and the babies are coming out, and they're just adorable. Google them. Check them out on uh, <laughs> Bing. I mean, the pictures are, you could just go to images of these baby llamas, and you just want to get out and pet them. But actually, um, they don't want you around them. I've tried that before. Today's podcast um, <clears throat> was spurned by uh, something that just kind of gets under my craw. It is about credentials and initials and who's really what and I you know sometimes I look at people's white lab jackets uh, which we don't want to wear anymore because they are a nidus of infection and then we look at their scrubs or we look at uh, the door (laughs) where they work behind or whatever Uh, their websites are classical for this um and we see all these initials after their name. And I don't know what half of them are. Um, so I, I went and looked into some of these by a um, local uh, promotional marketing magazine that uh, we get in the area. It had two um, individuals on there that... Uh, propose uh, New Year's wellness. And New Year's wellness through, uh, I guess, wellness, uh, nutritional, uh, wellness, uh, exercise, sauna, whatever. And they have all these initials after their name. And I don't know what they are. But there they are. So um, I decided, well, I'm going to go into the world of initials and try to figure things out. Um now, I'm going to be the first to say that, um, you know, I'm an MD, and I know we have a lot of initials, too. Uh, some of them are kind of ridiculous, but we have them, and DOs do as well. Um, and I went into the chiropractic world and looked at some of the wickle, uh, initials on Wiki, and there were 62. 62 different uh, types of boards or titles, and... Uh, I imagine MDs have the same or um, some similar uh, amount. But the point is this. Um, when it uh, when all the dust settles and people look at authority, um, they look at uh, what you are uh, as a healthcare provider or as a provider of um, information... And they say, are, are you um, something I should be listening to and taking action on? Um, what is your value? And, and what, what means what? And there, you have it. So I have some initials too. And for example, uh, FIPP. I'll just throw that one out. I got this thing. Um, I'm certificate like I think number 80 or something like that. There's now... Gosh, I'm guessing, but I think it's 1800. What's FIPP? No one knows what that is. Well, the World Institute of Pain puts on a uh, a test, uh, different parts in the world. I took it in Budapest. And it's uh, a test about um, uh, interventional procedures and your knowledge and hands on, and you're in front of a couple of examiners that are some of the 
best in the world. And I'm also ABIPP. What is that? American Board of Interventional Pain Physicians. And I actually do that test, but I took that test some time ago. And no one really knows what it is unless you're in our world. But I could put that after my name. I could put more. But the the point is this. Um, we come down to one word, and that's vulnerability. Vulnerability is, um, I, I always think it's kind of like the cornerstone of our patients and uh, their turmoil. Let's face it, they're in pain. A lot of them are scared. A lot of them are frustrated. Uh, many of our patients in pain have just been through so much, they're sick of kind of um, healthcare providers and medical profession and other professions that treat. And so they look for things. That vulnerability can be cast upon. What is vulnerability? It's a state of exposure. It's a state that could be um, exploited. It's both physical and emotional, and it, it does involve risk. And i got to tell you, um, <clears throat> when we start talking about uh, it, it, pain and chronic conditions, it could be cancer, it could be trigeminal neuralgia, it could be any one of these terrible things, even back pain or post-laminectomy syndrome, we, we ask our, ourselves, how much function and quality of life has this person lost? Do we ask ourselves that or do we assume they're having problems or how can we exploit that and and don't kid yourself it can be exploited um boards and titles you see all those credentials it must mean something it must be really important so it's a pet peeve people go to dr google um and of course everything on google is real and it's vetted and it's for sure right no it's not. And I'll tell you, even Wiki, I, I have read some stuff on Wiki, and I'm like, where did they get that? It's because it's it's a con- contribution. It's a contribution for people that want to have a voice in things. Um, so pain patients and those with depression and addiction, they're vulnerable. Um, uh, there, are, there are certain patients and populations that, I mean, we have to worry about them, and we have to to consider the patient-physician relationship or the provider-patient relationship is built on trust. And that trust has to be reproducible and it has to have longevity and um, it does not exploit. Uh, Let's take the basic credentials. And, you know, there's associate degree, you know, science, technology. Uh, Fine. There's... That's that's fine. It's earned. There's... uh, the uh, BA or Bachelor of Arts or Bachelor of Science, but it's also associated with BFE, uh, uh, BEE, engineering. Uh, I mean, you pick it. Then there's the masters, and there's a long list of masters divinity, engineering, um, you know, pick it. <laughs> it's, it's out there. Um, then um, the uh, what, the dreaded doctor degree. How many doctor degrees you see out there? Because that's the one that the vulnerable see, do, and trust in their um, seeking behaviors, um, and they put a high level of credibility on a doctorate degree. Well, 
I'm going to tell you, um, and I'll tell you in my own professional experience, I've met a, um, quite a few um, uh, doctorates that have achieved this title or seeking this title that <clears throat> fall in the uh, derelict category. That's a little rough, isn't it? That's a, that's a hard statement to make, but it's true. They sometimes lack common sense. They lack experience. They don't know professional boundaries. They make claims that are incredibly dumb. And those claims can be um, basically exploited as fact, especially if they're on the Internet. Because if it's on the Internet, it's absolutely true, correct? So you take uh, MD, DO, chiropractic, nurse practitioners, PAs, naturopathic doctors, PTs, and nutritionists, you know, um, I read, of course, on Wiki, I don't know if it's true, but you don't even necessarily have to have a, a certification to be a nutritionist, although most hospitals want that. And then there's uh, the detoxification folks, the herbalist or herbalist, however you like to call it, uh, homeopathy, um, and you, you got to kind of sort through the chaff. And the, it's it's a thick, um, it's a, a, a thick group and um, understanding of um, credentials that leads us through the mud of um, understanding. The traditional MDDO, yeah, well, you know, that that's a lot of school, right? And it's, it's not blind faith, but it, you know, requires a lot of certifications and board testing. We have this new thing called maintenance of certification. I went and took my original anesthesia boards in uh, 90, I think it was. It was an oral and a written. It was just oh, it was awful. And um, I had to fly to Dallas, I think, for the oral, and it was just the worst. And then uh, I took my recertification in 93 for anesthesia because that was the grandfather boards. They said, okay, you take this, you're in. And uh, because of my age, you didn't have to take them again. Well, no, 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 no. The rules have changed. And now it's uh, a, oh, I guess, fairly rigorous uh, expectation that you go through and uh, continue your education and demonstrate that um, in the form of CMEs and others. Um, well, yeah, you're right. You got to pay for it. And so it's a, it's a revenue source, and I'm, I think we're all trying to sort this out, this maintenance of certification. I I know, i got to do it in addiction. I've got to do it in um, pain. And I do those every 10 years. I have to take a test every 10 years. And I have to do it uh, in anesthesia. But um, we shall see. So I guess what I'm, I'm saying here is, where is where is the credibility with the person sitting in front of you giving you advice? Um, well, you you have to know a little bit about uh, the individual you're sitting in front of, and I can tell you those ratings um, sources uh, they're they're insane. I somebody can get on a mouse and click something. And just completely trash you. And as a physician, I can't respond. They have all sorts of ways they say I can respond, but it's a HIPAA thing, um, and it's it is terribly 
uh, misleading. If I don't give somebody the med they want, uh, next thing I know, they're on Vitals.com trashing me. So, yep, maybe for a plastic surgeon or um, a pediatrician, it's okay. You know, you want somebody with, you know, between three and five stars. No one's perfect. Um, You know, that's maybe so. But in the pain world and in the addiction world, we give patients what they need, not necessarily what they want. And that is sometimes... um, met with vindictive horror but put that aside what it when we talk about the vulnerable individual we can't work worry about that and as i say to uh those that i work with you can't practice in fear you have to treat patients appropriately not under treat that's poor care not over treat that's poor care and you have to find the sweet spot for each individual per person you have to do it efficiently, and you have to do it um, in their best interest. And um, you don't want to say without flaw, but you have to say within the potential for human flaw. We don't always get it right, but we're going to keep trying. So the vulnerable individual is the last person to communicate with you and say, I didn't mean to say it that way. I don't think you understand. So we have to be a little intuitive, too. And they have to have that relationship with us, that they understand that those initials after our name or those credentials or those titles, they're meaningful. They have uh, historical value. They have some type of precedent and um, they have a a credibility built on some type of uh, foundation like a a board certification or a peer-reviewed organization. Um, And um, they have to be the type of thing that is reproducible. So you can go to person, to person, to person, and that uh, provider uh, is understood to be predictable. So one one other thing you should know about is um, this – I've – checked this place out for years it's been around for over 20 years it's called quackwatch.org if you aren't really sure about what's going on go to quackwatch.org um they have a lot of articles um and they have a lot of um discussions about certain clinics and all um for example uh recommended not recommended uh sources of health advice well dr wheel W-E-I-L, he was a, a media guy. And Dr. Oz is even on there. Um, I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's a tabloid doctor. You like him or you don't. Um, I, I think he, when he first introduced the CDC guidelines, I was sitting in a hotel room for a speech, and I, I, I was listening to the Today Show going, what? And uh, so I have... You know, I have my moments with him, but I imagine he's done some good things. He's gotten a little bit of trouble here and there for promotional stuff. But, I mean, that's that's the consumer's responsibility to understand that you can't lose 30 pounds in two weeks uh, and keep it off or have a meaningful discussion about a true diet uh, through a tabloid. Um so that that's one place to look. Now, there's this other phenomenon that has kind of sprung up recently, 
And uh, I just want to touch on it because I see it all over the freaking internet. And that's um, this concept of coaching. Um, I don't know what coaching is, but it's been explained to me that coaches, quote, coaches, uh, discuss the moment. Whereas people like providers and all, they, they take a history and they talk about the past. Now, that's not the way it works. Uh, the moment can be what we call acute. And um, that takes training. Uh, the moment can be also something chronic that is having an exacerbation or a flare or something important to acknowledge. Something's changed. We have to respond to that. Um, and you have to know where it's going. That's called natural history. you got to know where things are going to be at 3, 6, 9, and 12 months. Those are benchmarks. That takes training, a lot of it. Um, and these coaches, you don't even know what they are. They're life coaches, marriage coaches. I mean, they're all over the place. And I don't think that we can, with great uh, confidence, uh, suggest that they have um, clear value because they have they don't have anything behind them. There's no structure behind them. There's nothing that I would call meaningful behind them. They may be able to talk a talk, but I'm not sure we can measure the walk. Just beware. And uh, Quackwatch also says, beware of the clinics that are, or care that is called integrative um, or complementary. Just be careful. I mean, there's probably some good ones out there, but just be careful. I know Duke's got a good one. So, I mean, there are out there. I think a good example of someone that was a, quote, coach, uh, she does have some um, credentials, but she was a coach, is uh, Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Uh, she used to frustrate me uh, a number of years ago. I was listening to her on the radio. She's off the radio now. She's in a podcast, but... Some of the stuff she said, I, I just, I didn't get it. Um, it. It just, it just clinically didn't make any sense because her degree is in physiology. But she's Dr. Dr. Laura Schlesinger with social proof being on the radio. And um, that's what I'm just telling you about Google. Just really be careful with what you read in the internet. Run it by a qualified care provider and that qualified means some something more than something like a certificate on the wall that we can all print but a meaningful um, understanding of the, the background okay finally there's uh, devices and uh, the vulnerable are always looking for a device um, I saw it with uh, a lot of folks that suffer from fibromyalgia. I've seen it with people with back pain, neuropathy. I've seen some of these hokey pokey devices for sleep. Um, and there's a uh, doctor who's, he's a doctor, he's, quote, doctor. He's not an MD. But he uh, sells uh, these TENS units and these expensive foot stimulators and all sorts of other stuff and I gotta mention his name but um, you see him on TV you see him on the internet um, 
most of that stuff has questionable validity. Most of that stuff you can buy on Amazon for a fraction of the cost that he's offering. I saw one that was a uh, uh, hundred bucks that is on um, uh, AliExpress for seven dollars. Care be to the consumer. Caution to the vulnerable. Okay, I'm going to round out this. Uh, I guess we'll call it a rant, but um, it's uh, it's our responsibility as healthcare providers that we protect the vulnerable and it's not always obvious who's vulnerable it's a careful question set it's a quiet cautious environment it's non-confrontational unless you have to go forward with motivational interviewing which uh, we do so very often with uh, addiction motivational not punitive Um, and you never want to make a patient feel like they committed a crime, although you get so frustrated at times. But, um, you know, you love them where they're at, and you position yourself to have that relationship that will continue to grow and be trusted. So the vulnerable come to you for trust, and they come to you for understanding. So little steps in the explanation not a blown out segment of oh uh, this is what you've got and this is the science and there's all these articles well half of that stuff you know it was irrelevant when it came out and a lot of it's irrelevant now the point is the patient probably gets more out of um, eye contact and uh, just uh, maybe a little hug every once in a while something like that but They're going to get more out of uh, feeling inclusive, and we know that. We'll keep doing that. All right, so much for podcast in a car. Um, I'll try to get another one out tomorrow, maybe. Talk to you soon.